friends, I wanted to help you today to give you some tips to help you to get out and hopefully stay out of fear mode, which I know is very difficult right now in these times we're living in. Certainly nothing I've ever experienced in my lifetime. And of course, you all know that I'm talking about the coronavirus, and it is also known as COVID-19. I don't know the proper way to say that. But anyway, this virus is obviously a global pandemic, the biggest one to hit our planet in our lifetime, and at least one that's having a response that is unprecedented. We've never really seen anything like what's going on here. I mean, just everything shutting down and food shortages and, and really kind of scary times for a lot of people because of the uncertainty. Let's face it, one of the biggest things that causes fear in our lives in the first place is uncertainty. And of course, we all know that life is very uncertain in all sorts of ways. Not just something really big and huge like that, but each of us individually, we never know what's up ahead in the road. We have no idea what the future holds. We can't predict what's going to happen five minutes from now in so many ways. And so you add this to lives that are already fairly uncertain and for which we have little control. And it really puts people into a state of feeling uneasy all the way to the point of some people feeling panic. And even if you're like me and you're trying really hard to not buy into the fear mongering and to really stay centered and focus on courage and hope and, and know that God is here with us and all that kind of stuff, even subconsciously, it's there. And especially if you're spending a lot of time reading about it, listening to it and all of that. And, and so this is the thing I want to help you with because certainly there is going to be a physical toll we don't know what's going to happen with our healthcare systems and, you know, financially it will take a toll. But I don't want to add a lot of discussion about that to this podcast because I'm here to help you to not feel afraid. So I'm not going to sit and list all of the reasons why you might feel afraid. You already know. What I'm concerned about really is the emotional toll. The emotional toll that stress takes, that fear has on us spiritually mentally, emotionally, and yes, even physically. So here we are talking about something that impacts our immune system, right? It is something that immune compromised people are very concerned about. And yet we are in a state of mind that is detrimental to our immune systems, detrimental to health. I was telling my husband, Rich, this morning that I bet if there was some way that they could literally trace stress and then health issues. I don't know that there's ever going to be a real, you know, hard and fast way to do that. But if they were able to, how much do you want to bet that fear would have, if not 100% responsibility for an incredible impact, negative impact on health, on diseases, on the onset of so many health issues that we find ourselves facing. And so, you know, this virus is concerning, of course, but what I'm here to talk to you about are the adverse effects, that emotional toll, and it is individually on each of us, but it also affects our families, communities, and of course, the world, because we're really all in this together.
And so these lasting implications are something I'm really concerned about and something that I want to help you to start considering and start placing your well-being mentally right up there with your physical well-being and the precautions that you're taking to keep yourself and others safe physically. Let's make sure we're doing the same mentally and emotionally. I read an article and it was on this page called Taking Charge of Your Health and Well-Being. And it's a page that is hosted by the University of Minnesota. And I found it very interesting and it really backs up what I'm saying that living under constant threat, so living in fear and dread and just that ongoing stress and, and toll that you're feeling right now has serious health consequences. And here are just some of them. Weakening the immune system. As I mentioned earlier, aren't we all talking about attack on our immune system? Uh, absolutely, that's what viruses do. And so we're already in the situation where we have, and not even just the coronavirus, there are tons of, there's hundreds of flu viruses and all sorts of different things that attack our immune system. And so building our immune system is incredibly important. I take antioxidants and try to eat a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables and things like that to help drink a lot of water. But if we're also attacking our own immune system by living in fear, it's very counterproductive to whatever other immune system building measures you're taking. The second thing they talk about in this article, loss of memory. These thoughts invading our brains can really impact even memory. Interruption of processes that regulate emotions. So, you know, our emotions get completely out of whack. Like that already wasn't a concern for so many people. Fatigue. I have adrenal fatigue, so I already feel fatigued. I definitely don't want any more fatigue, and stress makes us feel more tired. Have any of you experienced that? During this onslaught of information, this nonstop barrage of negative news, have you felt a little more tired? How about depression? PTSD? So many other things. I understand what it is to live in fear, and I mean 24-7, day after day, week after week, month after month, and even year after year. And I know what it does to a person emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and even physically. So a lot of you know that my daughter Jamie was shot, and I'm not talking about her being murdered. I'm talking about the fact that she was shot back in 2004. She was shot by her ex-boyfriend when she was 18 years old. And that incident, I mean, that incident thrust my family into a world of fear. It turned out this guy was in a gang and we didn't know if he was going to come travel, you know, the however many miles it was across the lake and, and come to our homes. We didn't know if we were in danger. It really caused a lot of um, feelings of, of being unsettled. And we lived in a very safe neighborhood and it changed me. And then, um, you know, I would find out a few short years after that, that Jamie was addicted to opiates and it was actually the opiates they gave her in the hospital for that shooting. It was a near fatal gunshot wound. And thankfully she did live through it, but I would find out that she was indeed, indeed addicted to drugs and eventually to heroin. And, you know, those years, my daughter lived in addiction for 15 of her 30 years because she was shot again 
12 years and 12 days after that first shooting and that time it was fatal and that was in 2016 and and what I'm here to tell you is that all of those years of living in stress and by the way my heart is completely devastated by my daughter's loss it's just that I I choose to continue I choose to continue in her memory I choose peace every day and hope and yes sometimes the emotions hit me and I feel really sad but I choose to stand up and to give other people hope. But what I'm really here to talk to you about isn't so much about her death, but those years that just drag on, that never stop. Every time a strange number would come across my telephone, I would literally jump out of my skin. My heart would be in my throat. In fact, it has just changed recently and my daughter has been gone for well gosh I guess it'll be four years wow four years coming up here in a few months and it took me about three and a half years afterwards the after effect for me not to have that same emotion every time a strange number came across my phone and so this these are the lasting effects that we have that stress I would I would think all the time I'd be flossing my teeth which I do every night and I would think I wonder if Jamie's flossing her teeth she has beautiful teeth I wonder if she's taking care of them she's putting needles in her body and I'm wondering if she's flossing her teeth but these were just normal things they would so all these little things that I would constantly be worried about is she getting enough water we live in the desert what if she becomes dehydrated and obviously much more deep concerns than those things my point is that when we live in some kind of a an ongoing fear situation it is the little things and the big things pretty soon we start to fear other things so the fear that I was living in and by the way I call it paralyzing fear it really impacted every area of my life not just my concern for my daughter I was living in fear in just about every single area of my life I shouldn't say just about it was every area of my life and this is what I see going on right now. It's that paralyzing fear, that fear that keeps you from making a decision that, that has you scared every moment of every single day. And so, you know, as I said, I lived on that high alert. And one of the things that I was really afraid of, of course, is that I was going to get the phone call. I thought it was a phone call. It turns out it's a knock on the door. But I thought I was going to get that phone call that my daughter overdosed. But I actually got a knock on the door in August of 2016 that Jamie was murdered and that so my worst fear came true it did and but I'm, I'm here to tell you from please listen to me from somebody whose worst fear came true you might be sitting there right now thinking well see see what happened your worst fear came true but so what did that do me any good to be fearing the worst what if it hadn't come true and no matter what the outcome, all of the years of living in that stress and anxiety and worry and depression, it's not worth it. It didn't change the outcome. It didn't have any impact on the outcome of what happened to my daughter. Just like this, the stress and worry that you have is not going to have any impact on how this virus makes its way around the world and how it impacts your life. It, it, it's just, you, it's not going to help. I'm not talking about taking precautions. That's a completely different discussion. I'm talking about the fear and anxiety and worry. We need to be wise and we need to, to manage our lives 
reasonably and properly, but the fear is going to do you much more harm than good. Don't forget about that article that I told you about by the University of Minnesota. And by the way, if you go to ValerieSilvera.com, I posted an article about this recently, and you can find a link there if you want to check out that article further. So while we're taking responsible action to keep everybody safe, let's talk about some tips to help you manage the fear that's coming with this global crisis. I'm going to give you seven tips, okay? The first one is this. We will get through this. Individually and collectively, we will get through this, just like we get through other massive, concerning, critical world events and even local events. I remember after 9-11, we all thought the world was blowing up and, and life you know, would never be the same. And, and in many ways, it wasn't the same. But here we are 19 years later, and we're still surviving. So just remember, no matter how Armageddon it feels right now, the world does keep turning. And we will get through this too. The second tip is not to panic. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. And we are witnessing this. Oh my gosh, I went to the grocery store this morning and people were lined up waiting for the store to open. I thought I was being smart by getting there early, which is just my normal pattern of shopping. And it was incredible. Canned goods almost completely decimated. Not nearly as many meats and fruits and vegetables were very, very slim. I mean, it was just a few things. Good thing I, I buy organic because there was more organic than there was non-organic. But I mean, and this was caused by the panic. It's not saying that we shouldn't be prepared in case we do need to stay home more. We definitely want to have more supplies. We're not going out for dinner and things like that. But I mean, really, people, what can somebody do with 500 rolls of toilet paper? Hoarding supplies might help you temporarily but it leaves others with little or nothing. So let's really be mindful of each other. Let's have this be a time of unity where we come together instead of having that every man for himself mentality. The third tip I have for you is to turn off the news and social media. And I know a lot of you follow me on social media, but I'm not saying forever, but you don't need to be listening to this every single day. You don't, every single minute of every single day, I should say, you don't need to fill your brain with all the dread and all the scare and the chicken little mentality of the sky is falling. It is serious, but let's temper that, okay? And here's the other thing. I can remember watching the Iraq war many years ago and on television. It was the first time they had something like that televised. And it didn't take me long to figure out that they were looping the same news stories over and over and over. And especially in our day of social media, there's only so much new information. And if you're listening to this reading, scrolling through social media all day long, constantly, all you're doing is filling your brain, your soul with more fear. So be informed. It doesn't take much to inform yourself, my friend. You could probably spend five minutes being informed every single day, and that would be enough. So turn some of this stuff off. The fourth is to focus on the positive. It's easy to find the negative in all of this. It's easy to find the terror in all of this. That's easy. It's everywhere. And we tend to kind of go in that direction. Why don't you be the person that decides not to live in that mode? You're not sticking your head in the sand. You're aware of what's going on. 
but you're deciding to stand up and live with some hope. And this is especially important for our children. So many people are just in such a panic and they're not sheltering their kids from any of this. They've already got enough to worry about. We don't need to add this to their plate. My fifth tip for you, friend, is to stay in gratitude. During a crisis, it might seem as if there's nothing but doom and gloom ahead. But traumatic situations are absolutely the perfect time to increase our level of gratitude. It's time to shift your mindset from dismay to hope. Here's what I want you to do. If you don't already have one, get a basket, a box, a jar. I don't care. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. It can be a baseball hat. And start using that as your gratitude container. I have this big box and it literally has hundreds and hundreds of slips of paper in there. What I do is I take a little slip of paper and I write the date and I write something that I'm grateful for. And I say it out loud before I stick it in there. There's something really powerful about the spoken word and especially when it comes from your lips. Get to that gratitude container and start filling it up. And don't think too hard on it. It has to be something profound. You can be thankful for that toilet paper that you still have in your closet. Be thankful for everything you can think of. I'm sure I've repeated myself many times over the last three years or so that I've been doing this and with my hundreds and hundreds of slips in there. Don't worry about it. What's really cool, though, is later on, you can go back and kind of rummage through and pull a slip out here and there. And it's really incredible to see the things that you were grateful for that you maybe have forgotten or even the things that you have said repeatedly. So this is really, really important. Let your brain start to believe the good news in the midst of all the bad. Tip number six is to surround yourself with warriors. Surround yourself with people like me who are determined to not live in fear mode. Get around some bold people. Spend as much time as you can with them. Okay, so now we're in this big social distancing um, situation right now. So maybe you can't really get around them personally or big crowds of people. That's fine. It doesn't have to be big crowds of people. But because we also have books and we have electronic media we have email. There are ways that you can stay connected to courageous people. Go to ValerieSilvera.com. Make sure you're on my email list. Follow me on social media. If you want me to coach you, join my Still Standing tribe because we're really linking arms during all of this. My seventh tip is that somebody's watching you. At least one other person is watching you to see how you respond. And they might not even really be fully aware that they're watching you, but they really are. And they need your strength and hopefulness in the middle of all this. So be a light in the darkness, my friend. Life is full of unknowns and situations that really can frighten us. And certain events can knock us right to the ground. I know that I was knocked to the ground countless times during my daughter's addiction and, and during many, many other challenging obstacles that I've faced in my life and many of them all at the same time I've been knocked down more times than I even want to think about but we always have the choice to stand back up so even though my worst fear came true as I mentioned before I still got back up and here's what's so critical for you to understand had I not learned what I'm telling you had I not learned how to live 
and choose fear. Choose fear. No, I don't choose fear. If I had not learned how to choose faith over fear, if I had not learned and chosen to live as a courageous person, I'm pretty sure that that news would have destroyed me. No matter what the future holds with this virus or any other world event or even the personal hurdles and mountains and roadblocks that we encounter in our lives, we always have the choice to keep standing. I want to close with this and I really want you to take this with you. This virus is contagious. So is fear. The good news is that courage is contagious too. And you have the power to spread it around. So spread it around, my friend. Your story matters. Live it courageously. Thank you.